Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Nothing But Net Media podcast. I'm your host, John Guana, and I'm joined by Logan Thunder, women's head coach, Quest Newspapers, News Limited Newspapers, sports reporter, and also WNBL sideline reporter, Braden Hesselhurst. Braden, we're this close, and you can't see it, but I got a really tiny space between my thumb and my pointer finger. We're this close to the opening tip of the NBL season. I'm excited. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, I'm excited. It's actually been uh, a long time coming with all the rescheduling and and everything. But, um, you know, after having holidays and everything, it's come at sort of the perfect time now. So uh, pretty excited. Really, really exciting. It's been a really interesting preseason for so many reasons. Obviously, with all the COVID situations springing up in Sydney and then in Melbourne, now most recently here in Brisbane, the schedule of the preseason has been in flux. But overall, I think it's been a pretty good preseason. Most teams have had multiple games. Most recently, we saw Adelaide up in Cairns for a couple of preseason matchups. I want to get your thoughts on the preseason as a whole, and then let's get into that, that 36ers and Cairns series. Pretty good preseason, all things considered, in the situation that we are here in Australia. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's been good that teams have been able to get some games in considering everything that's been going on with the different states shutting their borders and all that sort of stuff. But uh, it's still uh, – that's why I think it's really exciting. It's still sort of unknown because there hasn't been your usual tournament, preseason tournament, your Loggins Bruton's Cup and all that sort of stuff. There's been sort of maximum, you know, four games for each team and they've been mostly without sort of their full lineups and everything. So uh, it's been good to see sort of young guys and people like the Next Stars and everything, which we'll get onto later. But um, – it's still left a fair bit unknown, which I think has, has made the start of the season this week sort of more exciting. It's always been the case, Braden, where you don't really get to see the full squads in the preseason all that often, particularly with the imports. They lessen the number of imports. Some teams had their imports in town while the preseason kicked off. Other teams, like the Brisbane Bullets, have slowly introduced uh, their imports into the preseason. How important is that for teams with the opening tip on Friday night? I think I think it's probably more important for the teams that um, have new imports coming in. I think, you know, your ones like Cairns, they got a, a couple of games in, obviously, with their uh, import combination from last year and Machado and, and Oliver. But I think it's sort of more important for your, your teams like your Brisbane's, your, your Hawks um, and all those type of guys Um so I think it's massively important for them. And, you know, uh, from what I'm hearing, the Brisbane ones look good. We've seen the Illawarra, Illawarra Hawks, or sorry, the Hawks imports look good. So um, it, it doesn't look like there's all, sort of any of those imports that, um, you know, are on the borderline that people talk about getting sacked early in the season. So I think it's important, but only for those sort of teams that need to get them in the mix as far as, far as chemistry-wise, you know, with those new players coming in. Imports are always really, really exciting and big keys to team successes. A couple of players, though, that are new to the league and playing in their first professional competitions, uh, full professional competitions, I should, I should say, uh, quote, unquote, uh, are Josh Giddy and Mojave King. We saw Adelaide match up with Cairns. Mojave King had that first huge game, uh, had a tremendous breakout game against Melbourne United. Everyone was hyping him up. And then came Adelaide, the Adelaide game, quite quiet while opposite, on the opposite side of things, Josh Giddy was really impressive, I thought. What were your thoughts on the, that preseason for the two hyped Australian next stars? Yeah, well, I think both of them have looked really good. Obviously, Mojave King was probably a little bit 
more quiet than the other games against Adelaide, but his previous games, and then I heard from the one behind closed doors, behind closed doors, that he was really good also. So um, he looks, you know, everything that he's been hyped up to be by, you know, sort of everyone, including, you know, we've heard Derek Rucker here in Brisbane sort of hype him up a fair bit, and he looks everything and more. Um, and then Josh Giddy, um, he, he looks even more exciting for me, you know, coming, you know, those early two games against the Brisbane Bullets, that was sort of the first chance everyone had seen him at this level. Um, and I think it took everyone by surprise. You know, you could even hear the commentators, those two early games against Brisbane, pretty surprised about how he was so good early on at this level. So, and he did well again on the weekend. I think the thing that su- sort of surprised people is the fact that he can, his decision-making at that age, um, but then also on the weekend, he showed he's got some um, sort of surprise athleticism as well. Went baseline for a nice two-hand jam against Cairns. So they both look really good. And as I said, I think last week, I think this is a year where we've got the the next star sort of thing right. You know, we've got those two who look like superstars and, you know, high NBA draft picks next year. We've got Justinian Jessup uh, from the Hawks who looks like a star who's also been drafted in the NBA. We've got still got um, Diddy Lazada for um, the Sydney Kings. So it, it looks really exciting from those sort of next stars players. It looks like we've got it right as far as all those guys are going to contribute massively to those teams. But in particular, those two, I think Mojave King is huge because, as I said to you last week, they're going to have to figure out a way to cover what DJ Newbill did in some way. And I think Mojave King, with his, with his athleticism, speed, length, could probably be a bit of a defensive stopper, uh, even though he's young, um, but just can provide something different that can sort of fill that gap from DJ Newbill. And they'll need to fill that gap because even though Oliver and Machado are, are superstars, I think DJ Newbill was sort of the unsung hero of that team. So, And then on the other side, you've got Josh Giddy, who will probably be the leader of that team from the point guard position, you know, allowing Don- Donald Sloan to be that scorer for Adelaide. So it's really exciting for the next stars in general, but in particular for those two players. How important are those two players going to be to their team's success heading into the upcoming NBL season? Well, well, I think it's sort of two different roles, right? Like Josh Giddy is going to be a sort of leader at that point guard position. He's sort of going to run the show a fair bit. Like I said, allow Donald Sloan, you know, the former NBA player to sort of roam free and be the scoring role and, and that sort of stuff. So he'll be massively important. You know, they're, a lot of people predicted not to be in the top four, but um, if he can play his role well and then those other guys like Donald Sloan, Daniel Johnson, that can do well, uh, his performance could really boost that Adelaide team up towards being a finals contender. So, And then on the other side, you've got Mojave King, who's going into an established team who did really well last year and was the surprise packet of the season and um, around two, you know, the, probably the best import combination in the league and Machado and Oliver. And like I said, he's impact off the bench is going to be huge because they're going to have to figure out a way to fill what DJ Newville did. And I think that they're, they're going to do that through Kuat Noy having a bigger year and also what Mojave King brings off the bench. And if they can bring, if Mojave King can bring something different off the bench that the you know rest of the teams doesn't have and that the Cairns didn't have last year, they could be a real championship contender as well. Yeah, a lot of people tipping Cairns as one of the top two teams along with Melbourne United. Uh, anything jump out at you in the preseason that you think is going to carry over into the regular season? Anybody stand out to you that you think might have a big year and, and have a big impact on the NBL season? What were your thoughts just 
just briefly on the on the preseason as we head into the regular season? Yeah, well, I think, like I said, it's kind of unknown. It was sort of a good opportunity to see the the new players and um, all that sort of stuff. But I, I think the two that stand out for me is, um, you know, there were some doubts over Donald Sloan coming here. You know, we've seen, as I mentioned when we did our last podcast, about those former NBA players kind of go one way or the other as far as they either don't buy in and they sort of become like a bit of a cancer on the team or they can really help. Um, and on the weekend, he looks really good against the Cairns Taipans. And like I said, with Josh Giddy playing the point uh, and Donald Sloan able to just, you know, play free and be that scorer on that team, he looked really good. So I think he's going to be a player to watch. And the other one for me is um, two uh, two Hawks players in um, Tyler Harvey and, and Justinian Jessup. I think those two with their shooting ability uh, are going to be some of the funnest or more fun um, players to watch in the league. I think they can really you know, get up and down the floor, especially with Dang and Dell playing as well. And some of the uh, athletes they got coming off the bench, they can really be exciting to watch. So they're two for me that'll, uh, I think, really stand out this year. And a good opportunity for those guys to get some minutes under their belts. I thought it w- Sloan w- looked really good in that Cairns game. Uh, let's hope that he can continue to bring that game in night in and night out because he is an exciting player. He was a well-established NBA guy and uh, certainly showed those skills in that preseason game versus Cairns. But a really good preseason. A lot of closed-door games happening this week with all of the different cl- cl- COVID br- outbreaks, I should say. So, not really sure what to expect out of the Brisbane Bullets imports. It was the first opportunity that Vic Law and Orlando Johnson got to play for the Bullets. And by all reports, Vic Law is another guy who, you know, we can't really comment on it, Braden, because we haven't seen him in person. But uh, a lot of the reports coming out of Brisbane was that he's a real player to watch heading into the regular season. Yeah, from all reports, both of them looked pretty good. Uh, Orlando Johnson as well, it's sort of that, you know, two, three player and then Vic Law playing, you know, a, a four or three and, um, you know, reading some stuff today from Olga Nulich at ESPN as well and um, really expect him to be, you know, the main scorer for, for the Brisbane Bullets, a guy who can really light it up. He's done it in the G League before, as has Orlando Johnson uh, and then played for Orlando in the NBA, NBA bubble. So uh, I think a lot of it, will have to sort of depend on how those guys go for the bullets as well as those two are the key for me as well as Harry Froling. If um, those two can go well as well as Harry Froling and their other guys can give what they normally do in Sobi and Kadi and, and those type of guys, I think the bullets um, can surprise some people. If if they don't, if those two imports aren't standouts, I think they might struggle a bit. But for more reports, uh, Orlando Johnson, uh, a smaller guy, oh, sorry, he's you know, plays that two-three position, but really athletic, can shoot the ball, can score, and same as Vic Law. Um, you know, a bit tall, a bit more athletic, and all that sort of stuff. So, uh, it'd be interesting to see how they fit in Andre Lamanis' system because that's always been the tough thing for imports coming across. I think the only person where they sort of haven't found it tough, especially on the offensive end, has been Lamar Patterson. So, um, be interesting to see how they fit in with that and how long it takes for him to get used to it. But um, if they can, the Bullets will uh, will hopefully surprise some people. It's been uh, an interesting preseason. Thankfully, it's over and done. The regular season is upon us, like we keep saying, Braden, but it's been an up-and-down schedule. See a lot on social media with some of the players getting frustrated because they're not sure where they're headed, when they're going to be playing. They, the first round schedule has only really been finalized today. 
How do you think that is going to impact the teams as they head into their season opener? And and what you know what do you think will will affect or will it have any long term effect heading into the season? I I don't think so. I think these guys are professionals. Um, they've still got basically a, a week's notice. I think the only one that got finalised today was the Hawks game against Brisbane, but that would have been confirmed with the teams in the last couple of days. So. The biggest thing for me is that Perth Wildcats don't get to play in the first round. I think that's the biggest thing and how that will affect them as far as not getting the opportunity to play, having more time off after already a long, long preseason. Um, so I think it's probably going to affect them the most. I think everyone else will be fine. Coaches and everything still have basically a week to prepare. They know who they're playing. You know, Most of the time you've got a game turnaround and all that sort of stuff anyway. So... You know, it can be difficult just as far as logistics and everything, but um, I think these guys will, will be used to this sort of thing and I don't think it'll affect them too much. Like I said, I think the the main impact will be to see how the Perth Wildcats respond after having such a long time off. We sometimes are critical of the NBL head office, but I think we have to give a lot of credit where credit's due. Uh, these guys have been working their tail off to get this competition up and running faced with roadblock after roadblock, yet they really have put their head down and, and given the fans what they want, which is live NBL basketball. So uh, I think we have to give them a lot of credit for rolling with the punches, really working with different levels of government too. I mean, this is some of the stuff that probably hasn't been said, but you know, each state has their own rules. There's not really a federal rule. So all of the little bits and pieces that we probably don't recognize we do have to give the NBL brass some credit here. What are your thoughts on the job they've done to, to get basketball up and running in a few days' time? Oh, I think it's been outstanding. I think, um, you know, the way they've been able to sort of wait and, um, you know, dodge all the restrictions and everything with the games only being played in South Australia and Queensland this week. And just to make sure we have basketball, I think, you know, you could have easily cancelled some games and, and only had one or two uh, or even move the round back. So uh, I think what they've done has been outstanding. And, you know, for most cases, I think we'll still see 50% of crowds and, and all that sort of stuff. So, um, you know, they've done an outstanding job. I think it was the same with the WNBL and the, the job that Basketball Australia did there. So both leagues have to be commended on um, the way they've handled things and they've been able to give fans and, and the players and coaches um, basketball, which is great for everyone. One of the players who has been tr affected tremendously as all players have in the NBL, is Melbourne United's Mitch McCarron, point guard for Melbourne United. Thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us tonight. It's been a really, really interesting preseason and lead-up to the regular NBL season. What was your experience like? Uh, has it been, Have you ever experienced anything like this in a build-up to uh, a season of basketball? Uh, hey, guys. No, I haven't. Um to be perfectly honest, it's been one of the wildest. I think I read something on, on Twitter that you know, it's almost been 11 months, I think it was, since the last game. Or, um, But yeah, it's, it's been one of the weirdest years, I think, for everybody around the world, but especially in, in a sporting sense where you're used to prepping um, for a certain amount of time and then getting into season, and it feels like it's just been prep on prep on prep. You got uh, Obviously, you guys have put together an outstanding team with obviously yourself, uh, Chris Golding, and then Scotty Hobson coming in, Jock Landau coming in, two pretty big signings. How's it all coming together at training, and, and how big are those two additions for you guys this year? Yeah, it's absolutely massive to get somebody of I mean, the calibre of Jock 
Um, and, and Scotty, I mean, everyone has seen what he can do in the league already with New Zealand last year. And um, we're pretty excited about what we've seen already. Um, you know, he came straight out of quarantine and um, was dying to just get on the floor. And, um, you know, the medical staff is kind of holding him back and saying, you know, let's just go bit by bit, mate. Don't, you know, stress yourself too crazy. But you could just see he's full of energy and just excited to be back in the league. And, um, yeah, I'm really excited about the group. There's, there's so many strengths um, around and, and a lot of depth. And um, I think we're going to have a few people surprise the league as well. Mitch, uh, in the preseason, you've been playing a lot of point guard. It's uh, not necessarily a new role for you, but how are you feeling with that responsibility uh, of running the offense, having that ball in your hands, and with so many weapons around you, kind of being responsible for making sure everyone's getting touches uh, throughout the game? Yeah, it's going to be a fun challenge for myself. Um, Obviously, I think it's um, where I'm able to be most creative, um, you know, and like you said, have the ball in my hands a lot more this year, and um, you know, naturally I like to distribute anyway when I play and um, I've now got a really good chemistry with some guys, you know, like Chris and Dave Barlow where I know their spots, but um, I hadn't spent a lot of time playing with people like Jock and Scotty and, you know, now Jack White's in this crew as well. So, um, you know, guys that are coming to our program that are super talented and now I've got to learn what do they want, where do they want the ball and what kind of sets are best to get them their catches. So, um, you know, it's a work in progress as it is for everybody. Um, there's a lot of different teams around the league that have pretty new rosters, you know, whether they've, they've taken from other teams or they've got guys back from Europe or, you know, NBA caliber imports coming in and it changes what they're trying to do. So we're just working through those kinks in the preseason and we're pretty happy with uh, where we've landed. And Mitch, like despite you guys almost making the, the final series last year, during the regular season, it was the form of the team was pretty inconsistent and probably didn't reach your, your own expectations. What sort of didn't work last year that you think you guys can do better this year or sort of have fixed going into this season? Yeah, we probably just didn't quite ever get on the same page, um, especially defensively, but even offensively. You know, we had a lot of talent. We just couldn't seem to get the best out of everyone at one time. Um, and, and that was probably a whether it was a rhythm offensively, you know, whether we had guys that, you know, weren't truly comfortable in a certain position or doing certain things, we just couldn't really get that chemistry that Sydney had from what seemed like round one, um, where they had a lot of their guys kind of clicking from the get-go and everyone kind of seemed um, happy with what they were doing, Um, which I think we've got in this preseason. I think, you know, even though I I would argue that we have an even more talented roster this season, it's a very different roster in terms of how guys play. Um, that's not a knock on guys that we had last year. It's just this group already has shown a chemistry in moving the ball, in, in playing in a system and making sure that everybody gets touches at the right time and not really trying to take over too much, just making the right reads out of the ball movement and ball movement and, and having a lot of fun with that. So I think that's where um, I think we can you know really hurt some teams if they overhelp because we've got a lot of guys in different spots that can punish you. Mitch, you talk about the chemistry, and I'm curious, and I'm sorry to keep coming back to it, but this kind of broken preseason, forcing you guys out of Victoria, making you guys get out on the road and, and stay out on the road together, has that helped with that chemistry? Uh, has it helped off the court, and, and is that coming onto the court? Is that part of the reason why you guys have been able to gel so well this preseason? Yeah, it's got to be a part of it. Um, you know, just what we experienced as a, as a club, 
as a team um, and as individuals with COVID um, and, and everything that's happened in the city of Melbourne in, in 2020, we were kind of forced to be apart, which is just something that's not, um, you know, during an off season, you're so used to playing basketball somewhere. I mean, I know certain players rest, um, but guys like myself love to play all year round. And I think it was weird when we were forced to be apart. You don't see your teammates every day. I mean, we didn't see each other for three to four weeks, which um, for me was really, really weird. Um, and so it kind of forced us to talk more. It forced us to reach out to each other. You know, you had to check in on your teammates. And um, yeah, you, you do get that genuine chemistry that you actually care about the people on your group. And even though you might not know that person a lot, you really feel for what they're going through at the time. And now that we're on the road and everyone's healthy and we can play basketball and focus on, a, on an upcoming season, things are just clicking and guys are just really enjoying being around each other and hooping together. Another big addition for you guys, Mitch, has been um, Jack White coming from Duke University and uh, obviously people know him from around Australia and all that sort of stuff. What, what's been your impressions of him in the preseason and what can people sort of expect um, from him you know, in the NBL this year? Uh, I think he's going to be a bit of a surprise package, to be honest. Um, he's a bit of a do-it-all do man. Um, he's got a ton of offensive talent that I think people probably underestimate just because of his role that he played at Duke. And, and yes, you know, he spent a lot of his time as, uh, as an energy guy. Um, you know, he'd crash the boards hard and shoot the occasional perimeter shot and, or maybe an offensive rebound, and he does those things really well. But he's actually got a lot more to his game. Um, and he's also got a leadership about him where, you know, he likes to know what we're doing and, and be in those leadership discussions, with, you know, with guys that have been around the league like Chris Golding and, and DB. He wants to be in that stuff. And you can see that he's just determined to get better. So, I think he's someone that is going to continue to improve throughout the NBL season. And, and by the end of the year, I mean, who knows what, what he's going to be doing. Mitch, you guys have some depth in, in the backcourt with yourself, Shea Illy, but one of the guys who stood out the other night uh, when you played up in Cairns was Udai Baba. What can you tell us about him as a teammate and a player? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> awesome guy. Um, it's been really fun to see him open up and, and you know show who he is as a person as well. Um, just super friendly, super happy, um, you know, always wanting to do whatever the group's doing. You know, if the boys are going somewhere, he wants to be a part of it. Um, if we're playing a certain way and we, you know, are laying out instructions and stuff, it's like, yep, sure, tell me and I'll do it. Um, but then you kind of give him the ball in the open court or you give him the ball in the half court and he just makes really, really good decisions. Um, you know, it's, it's he's just a very safe and sound player, but he's got, a great finishing package at the rim. He can shoot the three. He's a great cutter. And then he's starting to show what he can do on defense where he just moves his feet and it's really hard to get past the guy. So you put him next to Shea Illy and, and yeah, there's a bit of trouble in the backcourt. So it's been awesome to see us just, um, see him, sorry, just open up and, and start to show himself. Mitch, um, Adelaide, you know, in the fir first game, obviously they've got a sort of completely different roster and new coach and new sort of completely new style of play. Um, what are your thoughts on them going into this week's game? Yeah, yeah. I think I think people are underestimating them as a group, to be honest. Um, you know, everyone was pretty quick to be this or be that. When you look at their lineup on paper, um, there's actually a lot of talent there. There's a lot of guys with a lot of experience who um, are very good and have shown that in the league already. So um, for us, I mean, you know, it's 
we're going to be taking it game by game. And, um, you know, round one, everybody's excited. I mean, if, if the adrenaline's not up for the first game of the year, there's a bit of an issue. But um, I, I expect Adelaide to come out and really throw everything at us. You know, they've got a lot of youthful talent and, and a lot of experience. So um, if we're not ready, I'm sure we'll get punked. Two last questions for me, Mitch. Um, first of all, I know you're enjoying Melbourne and you enjoyed Cairns when you first came um, to the NBL, but is there any chance of us seeing you in Brisbane sometime soon, your hometown where everyone knows you and all that sort of stuff? Uh, yeah, I, I guess it's um, something that is open for the future. Um, I mean, the way that COVID's kind of changed the world and especially Australia and everything, it's been kind of hard to even look ahead too much um it's you know like at one point it was kind of like are we even going to have this nbl season coming up like what do i do with housing are we you know i am off contract at the end of this season so um and i am expecting my first child in april so um i'll be back in the city um of brisbane to see family after season but when (laughs) this season ends i couldn't tell you so um from that standpoint it's kind of hard to plan ahead so for now i just locked into melbourne and yeah we'll see what happens and last thing, obviously NBL one coming back. Northside Wizards got announced as a new team. Obviously, your dad's at Northside Wizards. What are your plans for the uh, for the NBL one off season, mate? Yeah, same thing. Um, you know, I have had some discussions with them about you know I'm super excited for them as a club to be back in it. Um, I think they belong there. I think they've got a lot of passionate people around the club that want to be there and want to be competitive in that league and. Um, you know, it's cool to see the, the conversion to NBL one and hopefully what becomes a, a national tournament where, you know, the best of each state comes together and plays like, you know, the old ABA days. I think that's an awesome concept. So um, I would love to be a part of that in, in some aspect. But again, like just <laughs> looking into the future, it's hard to even nail anything down past what this season becomes. Mitch, uh, we thank you so much for chatting with us tonight. Wish you all the best of luck for the upcoming season and Friday night versus Adelaide. And uh, if we don't get to speak to you before, then all the best for you and your partner and the new one that you have on the way. We wish you guys all the best. Thank you so much for chatting with us tonight, Mitch. Thanks Thanks very much, guys. That's Mitch McCarron, point guard for Melbourne United. And Braden, I thought he made some really, really interesting points uh, about the preseason and the upcoming game versus Adelaide. That game is going to tip off the season on Friday night down in Adelaide. It's been a a mixed prep for uh, United and for everyone, but ultimately the season is tipping off. United is going to feature down in Adelaide. Mitch, and I kind of agree with him. A lot of people are sleeping on Adelaide. What are you thinking about uh, for that matchup Friday night? Yeah, I, I think it's a bit of a danger game um, for Melbourne, obviously. Like, like I said, you know, the people who are just writing them in as, as champions now um, need to stop it because, as we've seen in the past, uh, the most talented team doesn't always win it. But I think that first game, like like he said, a lot of people are writing Adelaide off, and I think, their style is one that can be dangerous if they can get going as well. Like I said, they've got Josh Giddy at the point, Donald Sloan coming off, uh, sorry, playing the two, Daniel Johnson, who's you know one of the best scorers in this league for a long time now, Isaac Humphreys. Um, they've got a lot of scorers. So and then, then some vets off the bench too, and then young, exciting player and Jack McVeigh and those guys. So um, new style as well too with a new coach. So first game they'll come in, you know, pumped, especially at home with a home crowd all that sort of stuff. I think if, if Melbourne can shut them down early, I think they'll get the job done. But if they allow uh, Adelaide to get some confidence 
uh, early on, especially with the crowd behind them and having a new coach and new roster and all that sort of stuff, uh, can be a really uh, danger game for Melbourne United, I think. I'm really looking forward to that one. I think it's going to be one of the games of the weekend, to be perfectly honest do, with you. Do, do, do you think, Do you think, Johnny, that one thing I was thinking about, do you think Melbourne United are, are a bit small? I know Jock Landau's uh, you know, getting up there in height, but he's playing the five, and then they've got David Barlow at the four, and then they're going up against Adelaide, who have Daniel Johnson, Isaac Humphreys, Keanu Pinder coming off the bench. What, what, are, your, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's really interesting. Adelaide is one of the couple of teams that has gone double big, like Brisbane with Froling and, and Hodgson. I think the way that the game is refereed, I think you're doing yourself a disservice if you go too big. I think it's a guards game. Uh, I think when you look at the the matchups with Mitch McCarron and Shea Ely and Chris Goulding, I just don't know if Adelaide's guards are going to be able to keep up with Melbourne. Uh, in saying that, you know, how is Melbourne going to shut down Donald Sloan? What kind of impact is Giddy going to really have? I, I don't necessarily think that United can match them size-wise, but I think uh, athleticism-wise, you know, Landell is a big guy. Uh, Akil, uh, and I can never get his name right. This is terrible for someone who does play-by-play. Uh, but Aquil, I think he, he's going to have a big season, and it's going to be a telltale sign for what kind of season he's going to have Friday night against Adelaide. For sure. And I, I think you can expect Mitch to get the job on Donald Sloan. I think Mitch playing the point, his role will be obviously, like you mentioned in the chat team, to get people going and all that sort of stuff. But on the defensive end, I think, that's where he'll be huge for him. He'll get the job on their best guard, I think, and that'll be Donald Sloan. So if Mitch can do a good job on Donald Sloan, I think Melbourne United will get the win easily. That's uh, Friday night. It's the solo game and the season opener for the NBL season. You look at Saturday night, and just today it was announced that the Brisbane Bullets will be hosting the Hawks on a Saturday night at Nissan Arena, 5.30 p.m. tip. And then it's a doubleheader Saturday night with Cairns hosting Sydney, Kins, Sydney Kings. Jeez, I'm having trouble tonight. Uh, at the Cairns Pop-Up Arena, a.k.a. the Snag Pit. A couple of really interesting games on Saturday night. I know a lot of people are excited to see the Hawks with head coach Brian Gorgian back, but I lo- really like that roster uh, that they've put together. I think that's going to be a tough one for Brisbane at home. Yeah, absolutely. I think another another danger game, especially early on, I think you know what we've seen from Brisbane Bullets teams in the past is they've really struggled to guard teams that play at pace and can shoot the ball well. And going on from preseason, I think that's two things that the Hawks will look to do. You know, like I said before, they've got Tyler Harvey, Daniel Dell, Justinian Jessup, uh, a lot of people who can shoot the ball, especially coming off the bench as well. Uh, and then, you know, Cameron Bairstow back in town, Sam Froling, who can shoot the three, you know, all those guys can shoot the ball. So I would expect their guards to play at a, a pretty frantic pace, get up a lot of uh, threes in transition and that sort of thing. And I think if they can get going, uh, if the Bullets can't sort of slow them down, that'll be a real um, big game for the Hawks, I think. Going to be an interesting one. Really looking forward to seeing the imports, like we mentioned earlier on in the podcast, Vic Law and Orlando Johnson. I think they're going to be really, really exciting players. And it'll be interesting to see how the Hawks match up with those two. What do you think? Yeah, it's going to be a tough one. I think that's where it, it'll sort of favour Brisbane. If they can sort of, you know, the, the way they execute, if they can, you know, get um, those smaller guards in mismatches and Orlando Johnson's a big guard, you know, play him out of the post and getting him going to the basket. Um, Sobe getting to the rim. Obviously, Jason Kadee. I expect a big year out of him. I expect him to sort of um, start at the point 
um, this year as well. And I, I think he can really have a big year as, as far as shooting the ball and, and leading this team around. But if Orlando Johnson can get going, Vic Law can pose a threat. You know, that's where the Hawks really look thin at that sort of 4-5 position. So if, you know, your Vic Laws, Matt Hodgson, Harry Froling can get going, which they've looked pretty good in the preseason from what we've seen in the games of four and what we've heard of Vic Law. I think that's where they, you know, the Bullets can win the game. So um, for me, it's just all about whether they can contain the Hawks on the defensive end. If they can do that, um, you know, they'll win the game. But if they can't, it could be a, could be a big night. Very interesting one for the Bullets and the Hawks matching up in that first game Saturday. The second game, as we mentioned, Sydney Kings visiting Cairns Taipans. Cairns, a lot of preseason hype. I think they've looked good at times in the preseason, uh, but Sydney, we haven't seen too, too much of them. Uh, a lot of question marks from Sydney heading into the regular season. What are your thoughts on that matchup in the second game on Saturday night? Yeah, well, to me, Cairns definitely going into this one as favorites, not just being at home, but their roster a bit a bit more continuity, and then I think Sydney, like I said when we last spoke, Johnny, I think the the absence of um, Xavier Cooks is going to be huge for them. I know they filled that spot, um, but you know Casper Ware and those guys are going to and Didi Lazada for me, Didi Lazada has to be a massive contributor for the Sydney Kings this year if they're going to go anywhere. If they if he can't sort of step up and be like a um, you know, an import sort of level player, I think they'll struggle. And also, I think you need Casper Ware to to play um, better than he did last year as well. They made the finals and everything, but he didn't have a great season. He needs – they don't have the, the depth they have last they had last year, so he's going to have to step up massively. And I think um, this first game is going to be a, a bit of a sort of realistic sort of um, – uh, what's it called? A hit in the face for Sydney. I, I think uh, Cairns will get up big in this one. I think just their continuity and everything. Sydney having some injuries to deal with uh, and probably trying to find out how they're going to cope with the loss of Xavier Cooks. I think uh, Cairns tight bands, especially the best import co- uh, combo in the in the league. And then they've got the young guys, um, quite Noy as well. Um, they're going to be really good. So uh, I think Cairns are, are massive favourites in that one. Good matchup, and I think we're going to see a lot uh, from Cairns in that matchup from Sydney, expecting big things for the Taipans. They do double up, but before we get to their second game, then we have a game on Sunday, Adelaide again at home, this time taking on Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Thoughts on that one, Braden? I think Southeast Melbourne, uh, we saw a bit of them in the preseason. We saw a bit of Adelaide. I think it's some interesting matchups there, particularly in the backcourt with Sloan and Sykes. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, Southeast Melbourne Phoenix uh, are going to be a team that'll um, challenge for that top four as well. I know I predicted Perth, New Zealand, um, Perth, New Zealand, Melbourne, uh, who else? And Cairns. Um, but I think Southeast Melbourne Phoenix are a bit of bit of a dark horse. I think you know, with another year under their belt, they've got those you know Mitch Creek and everything there. Keeper Sykes looks like a really good player. Um, a nice addition in Cameron Glidden. They've got a shooter. And to me, a massive addition for them is is Ruben Tarangi. Um, he was really good a couple of years ago for the Bullets, won most improved six man, and then somehow dropped to the face of the earth of uh, of the earth with the rotations of the Bullets last year, which I um, didn't think was good for for the team and for him. So made the move to Southeast Melbourne Phoenix and has looked really good in the preseason. Was a top scorer the other day against New Zealand. I think he's a huge addition, especially. The way they like to play, they like to get out and run and shoot the ball and him at that sort of four position, which we saw him being successful for the Bullets at, uh, I think he'll be massive for him. So 
Uh, I really like the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, and um, you know, with them being fresh heading into that game, I think they'll uh, they get the win against the Adelaide Thirty Sixes. Going to be interesting to see Adelaide the double header again with games only being played in Adelaide and Cairns in this opening round. Cairns again, like I said, double header. This time they take on the Hawks on Monday to wrap up round one. Really tough double header for the Hawks as well as for Cairns. Every game is going to be tough in the NBL. What do you think about that matchup to wrap up round one on Monday night with Cairns hosting the Hawks? I think this is the game of the round. To be honest, Johnny, um, just the way both teams play, both really exciting, like, like to get up and down. Obviously, we've got Scott Machado at, at the guard position. We've got Kurt Noy. We've got Cameron Oliver, um, Mojave King. And then on the other side, we've got Justinian, Jessup, Tyler, Harvey, Dang Adele, Dang Dang coming off the bench, Cameron Bairstow, Sam Froling, uh, just a lot of talent. And I think they will play sort of similar styles as as far as getting up and down and shooting the ball and that sort of stuff. Sort of maybe Cairns will be a little bit more structure-based and um, that sort of stuff early on. But uh, I think this is the game of the round and I expect this one to be a, a high-scoring game. And I, I think, um, you know, it'll be who will win that guard battle, I think, will win this game. So uh, a lot of good guards in this game, Johnny. And I, I think uh might be Cairns with a bit more continuity and, and everything heading into round one and back-to-back uh, um, -back and all that sort of stuff. But I think this will be a tight one. I'm excited. I cannot wait. I can't believe that we're here. The opening round is going to be Friday night, Braden. Uh, it's been a long offseason, a lot of ups and downs uh, for everyone involved with the NBL. Again, I do just want to give credit to the players, the coaches for rolling with everything. We have to give the NBL a lot of love for getting through a lot of this COVID situation, and they have given us a plan with basketball, live basketball, with some fans in the crowds. With it all on television, it's going to be an exciting season. I can't wait for Friday night. Uh, and just one more. Tell me what your thoughts are for Friday and this upcoming season. On the on the games? Uh, just tell me about the season. Are you excited? Because I am. Oh, I, absolutely, I am. I, I think, like I said, it's been a long time coming, but I think the extra sort of weight uh, and little amount of preseason games has added hype to it, and I think – you know, I think it looks like every team's got their import selections right. Uh, I think every team's got their next stars right who have got them. So I think it's set for a, a massive season. I think there's some really exciting games this week too to sort of set the tone for the season. So it should be really exciting. I can't wait, Braden. Thank you again for uh, doing the podcast. We do have to come up with a better name. Uh, I can't wait for Friday night. We will have a wrap-up of this weekend's game and a preview of round two coming up for you next week. I'm John Guarna. For Braden Hesselhurst, thanks everyone for tuning in to another presentation of the Nothing But Net Media Podcast.